welcome back to Zillennial Theory with Zay and Marley. <laughs> welcome, guys. Um, uh, what can we say about this last week? Oh gosh. Okay. The fact that we're not doing a part two. For we're our not, two guys. We're not going to do the part two. I don't know. Like, just I'm not the same person that I was when I had recorded that originally. And I was just so bummed out. I, I noticed we didn't explain why we were cutting the episode short, too. But anyway, the app that we were using to record the episode, it stopped after one hour. And we didn't know. And we kept talking for, like, an additional 30 yeah, minutes. Yeah, probably over 30 minutes. It was and pretty bad. it was all lost. Like, it was just us pretty much having a conversation without you guys. So, uh, And it sucks because it was really, really good, It was too. really, really good. So we're super bummed that we lost that. And we just, like, don't even want to touch on it. Maybe we'll touch on it again later. But I'm definitely... definitely changing the episode nostalgia to just nostalgia not (laughs) Not part part one one. (laughs) (laughs) and so sorry that wasn't like our best uh content yet but we've got a great episode planned for you guys today Mm -hmm. say what are we going to talk about today what do you want to go over your week first and like what happened what are we going to talk about Gee, I don't know. Oh this week, God. I thought okay. over overall, <laughs> the biggest story about this week has just been the it weather. Is such a diva. Okay. It's it's like 60-something degrees today. It's going to be a high of 30-something tomorrow. And then earlier this week, it was probably like two degrees. It, it, probably, <laughs> it felt that way. Like, the weather has been all over the place. I know. It's so crazy. Like, but it's okay because, like, I get to wear, like, clothes from, for every season. <laughs> in one week like i was i was wearing sandals last time we recorded the podcast today i'm wearing like um even though it's warmer today oh yeah right is it true. i think I it was, is warmer today i felt today. like getting dressed up last week though i don't feel like it today yeah but, um, anyway you're looking um excuse me i'm playing um but overall i think i'm it was flipping a- my hair it was a gee. We, I mean, for the first time, I would say this week we are both one hundred percent ready with notes and everything for this yes! episode. And I, on time today, <laughs> actually early, like it was. You can tell that the vibe. Today's been a good day. Part of the reason is because I did not have to work yesterday. That I is got true. to sleep in today. I cleaned my whole house. Like, walk the dog for a long time, more than like five minutes. <laughs> Creative juices are flowing. Yeah, and... Creative um, juices are flowing. They taste great. Yeah, I was going to say, though, like, these past couple weeks, like, you have been carrying the podcast, and, like, you just ask me questions, and I just go (laughs) with it. But today, I actually have prepared some janky notes that look insane on this paper, but I can read it. So, I think I'm prepared. We are definitely prepared. Um, So... (laughs) How did we come into this episode? Because I know that we had something a little different planned, but I'm somebody who really follows pop culture, like always, so recently, Mm -hmm. the Harriet movie was released, and um, the Harriet film, um, my goodness, I don't know if I wrote who it uh, stars... But um, I do know that the Harriet film, it is directed by Cassie Lemons, who's African-American, and also Gregory Allen Howard, who's also African-American. Okay. And there were a lot of complaints to um, the woman who was casted in Harriet because, one, she's uh, black or British. Mm-hmm. 
And a lot of African-Americans felt that it would have been better if Harriet, who is an African-American icon, mm-hmm. or really just an icon for the world, but Harriet herself, Harriet Tubman was an African-American woman, mm-hmm. if it would have been better if they would have casted um, an African-American woman for the role. Right. And then on top of that... That is kind of odd, though, that, like, of like, how many times do we hear about British... British actors, period. Yeah. I mean, they definitely tend to permeate, I feel like, our... Um, our movie industry, you realize that a lot of your favorite actors have British British accents. Yeah, accents. that's true. That is true. That is very true. Like, um, the somebody who plays in Stranger Things is British. They're probably somebody who plays in, like, every single thing is, is British. But um, the name of the woman is Cynthia Erivo. Okay. That's the woman who um, is the main character. She's the one who um, plays Harriet. But So what was the controversy about? The controversy, like I said, was the fact that um, she's uh, black British and not African American. Did she say something, though, about it? Yes, and I actually got some of those quotes down, which we'll get into a little later. But it was mainly because of the fact that... Um, um, Ev- uh, God, Evrio, Erivo's tweets, um, in some ways, a lot of people thought that they, she has had a history of saying things that are negative towards African Americans. Mm. Um, last year, I believe Janelle Monet tweeted something along the lines of they should put a voting booth at Popeye's. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. She, they should put a voting booth uh, around Popeye's fried chicken. Kind of like a lot of people took it as this sort of insu- uh, like insinuation, like that's gonna get black people to vote. Which is, I mean, if that's the time when that chicken sandwich was popping, we would have been there. Like, but this is before that. Now I'm offended. Uh, uh, vote to get your chicken. Vote to get your chicken. But um, Erivo agreed with that. Who? Um, er- oh, she's woman? the the woman. Okay. She agreed with that. And there were also other things that she said um, um, about, I think it's mainly the fact that there was another tweet where she's speaking with an actor and she says something on the lines of um, ghetto black accent, like ghetto black American accent. Mm. And some, you know, she's trying to insinuate that that was a way that she was going to talk. And so a lot of people were just rubbed wrong she, by like this. Like, in the movie, that's how she was going to talk? Or? No, no, no. Like, this was years before. I believe this was maybe 2013, 2014. It was just years before she was even casted. She's done Broadway before. I believe she's actually a Tony Award winner. Mm. But um, it was just a lot of people are bringing those tweets up, and they're like, I don't think somebody who looks at African Americans this way should, should represent us. Oh, God. And yeah. I believe she's actually African, and... Uh, I was, I mean, we'll go into a lot of that stuff later, but I do know that a lot of Africans do sort of have that sort of view on African Americans. Mm-hmm. It was just very just like negative. Every, you know, a lot every of other race. Do, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why that's wrong and very hypocritical in the first place. But one of the other things that um, the Harriet film controversy is because of the white savior complex mm-hmm. of the film. Um, also, Harriet Tubman, Harriet what's the movie... A white, what's the white savior complex? That white savior complex. It's basically what I wrote here. It's basically where you have white savior films, where you have a white character who could rescue a non-white character from unfortunate circumstances. Mm. And this white character is normally the more complex character. They Mm -hmm. have a growth. They're learning. They're a dynamic character who's changing over the course of the story. Mm. Or you have this sort of one-dimensional character of color who is meant to just represent either struggle or maybe what's wrong with society mm-hmm. in the sense of, you know, okay. it, it's from the slave perspective as being 
you know, right. um, mistreated and um, being less than, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's basically what that white savior trope was about. And that just, I mean, from there, we just started discussing about the, a slave slavery in film. Mm-hmm. And what that has to do I mean basically with right. everything we need to change the negro <laughs> yes which is what was gonna we were gonna name this uh podcast the second round of it cause this, the first name was a little out there uh, but. <laughs> yeah it wasn't as um it wasn't as classy watered down yeah, yeah. but uh <laughs> <laughs> you can if you can get our drift you know what the original we've 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 chased name. it yeah it's it's yeah okay um, so yeah, great. All <laughs> right. So yeah, that's what brought up the whole um, concept or uh, episode. Yeah, basically so, the whole concept of this episode is about stuff like that. So, um, so we're gonna dive into some great movies. Yes, definitely. We're gonna be discussing movies, obviously, because that's I mean, slave movies. Right. Those <laughs> do tend to be the movies that are Oscar bait. If you've ever realized that, mm-hmm. most of the black movies that are Oscar bait and get representation mm-hmm. for the Oscars, which I have my own opinion about, but a lot of those, <laughs> of a do. lot of black movies who get nominated for Oscars are always sort of through that lens of slavery or segregation, discrimination. Mm-hmm. It's always through this, you know, sort of a view of oppression, mm. I feel. So um, that's Harriet herself. I believe the movie's actually doing fairly well at theaters. I don't know if it's like blowing up the box office. You know what? But, I didn't go see know. it. I feel like I should, though. Um, I think it'll be good to see it. Honestly, you know? before, like, you had touched on the controversy and stuff, like, I was like, I went to go see Joker, mm-hmm. um, like, two weeks ago or something like that. And um, when I saw it, the, of course, the preview had the for this movie. I saw it, and I was like, oh, that looks like it's going to be dynamic. You were moved by it. I huh? was, mm-hmm. yeah. So I definitely want to check it out. I mean, the controversy is the controversy. There's always going to be that. But I do, and I and I like, I can definitely see where it's stemming from. I don't think that it's, like, big enough of an issue because at the bottom line, like, we got two black directors that have just presented us with a movie about a very dynamic woman african-american woman Mm -hmm. um who saved a lot of other african-american people so um at the despite the you know controversy and stuff like that i really want to support and also (laughs) because that's the big picture we need to support something like this and then also get some insight if there is you know, I'm sure there's plenty of insight. And also, if you don't want to watch it, I mean, that's completely your prerogative. Yeah, you know sure. what I'm trying to say? But it, it is good to get two sides of the story. But I was going to mention, this is actually the first big screen movie about Harriet Tubman. I know. Um, I, I know it is. That's, it's, yeah. There's never one before. And Harriet Tubman is, is a, somebody who they are actually vying to put on the $20 bill. Mm-hmm. I feel like who will replace... Andrew Jackson, mm-hmm. who is like a genocidist bastard anyway, who could leave, oh. but but they're basically oh. trying to um, oh. get her on the twenty dollar bill, which obviously is great. I'd, I'd get more twenties, but right. um, it's basically such that a, would motivate me to get twenties. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> such an iconic, such an iconic woman. Yeah, I mean for yeah. the ages, and this is the first big screen um, movie about her. We'll so, have to check out the reviews and see. Yeah, I did I'm look at the reviews, anyway, but I did kind of make a, a list of what people thought was wrong with it, okay. um, because this is obviously going to segue into some of the other movies we bring in, but I did mention that whole white savior complex, which people bring into it, but a lot of people's issues with Harriet, and I don't want to kind of sway you from not watching, but one thing that they do say is that there are certain, like in every movie, there are certain inaccuracies there. 
about her life. Uh, and one of the biggest, one of the biggest points of controversy, okay, was, um, the was, existence um? <laughs> was the existence of the black bounty hunter. In the movie. Ah. So basically, a bounty hunter... The movie takes place right along the times where in in 1850, I believe, you had the Fugitive Slave Act passed. Right, right. And so the Fugitive Slave Act was basically... Well, you had... It made it lawful... It made it required that anybody who saw a runaway slave, whether they be in the north, where a lot of slaves would run away to because slavery Mm -hmm. didn't exist there or was abolished there, um, you... It made it required that you had to turn that slave back into slavery. Mm -hmm. Or you could face, you know, um, the law, basically. You would um, have the book thrown at you. Oh, my gosh, how terrible. It's horrible. And that was in 1850 where you had that Fugitive Slave Act passed. But what they did, they used to have a lot of bounty hunters. So you had people who were paid specifically. These people actually had certain dogs that they would use. I forgot if there were certain hounds that they would Mm. use to hunt runaway slaves. Is that where bounty hunters originally uh, came from? I don't know if those were the first bounty hunters, but it almost seems like they would. No, no. I mean, they would have existed before that. I was going to say, like, in old school westerns, but even old school. Even westerns, that is the same era. Yeah, that's almost the same era. Oh, or maybe even a little after. Remember that one show, um, Dog the Bounty Hunter? No, I didn't watch that. I (laughs) low key watched that, and now I'm like, should I have? Ooh, Mm. that's a question for next episode. (laughs) But it's basically the fact that um, the 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 bounty hunter who's after her in this movie is black. So. One of the biggest enemies. Like, of course we can't have everything yeah. <laughs> all good and dandy. There's I gotta mean, be black on black crime. <laughs> like, come on. I mean, it is that sort of thing where it's uh, like... Is that accurate, though? I mean, was there actually a no, black there man is no, after... There is Why did no, they create that? That is one of the biggest controversies of the movie. There is no Why? actual record of a black man coming after her, but the, the main Why? bounty hunter in there is actually a uh, black man who is after her, and he's a black bounty hunter, and he hunts Harriet and the slaves, basically, and there's no record of this person actually existing, and most bounty hunters were actually white. But that's one of the things where a lot of people put it together, and they're basically saying, why are we getting this narrative of this black bounty hunter if he didn't exist? It's sort of making this black man... Why are we throwing this in? Because there's got to be black on black crime. But even the idea that there's this this black man who's this ultimate enemy. Maybe not the ultimate enemy, but this very, very big antagonist. You know, he's a a villain, and a lot of people have an issue with that. I'll still go see it. I mean... I mean... I'll check it out. It's it's sort of like... I know what people are talking about, and mm-hmm. I feel like what they're saying is legitimate. But when I do look over a lot of these things, there's other small things in there, like basically the fact that Harriet Tubman, her husband in it, apparently her husband wasn't truly as supportive of her mm-hmm. as he is in the movie. They make him a very supportive person in the movie, but he probably wouldn't have been. Um, also, her name changed. She was actually known as Minty, I believe, before she changed her name to Harriet Tubman. But they say that um, she was going as Minty even while she was on the plantation. Mm-hmm. Um William Still, who's a black abolitionist who worked, to, she worked together with her. Right, um, mm-hmm. A lot of those people. Mary Buchanan is also in the movie, but there's no like, real existence of her. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mary Buchanan is basically one of the black women who's a free black woman who has wealth, and she kind of um, somebody who Harriet Tubman aspires to be, and she mm-hmm. kind of houses her there when Harriet is uh, 
running away mm-hmm. and, and, and stuff like that. Okay. And uh, it hurt. So, I mean, they do add some black characters in there who are dynamic and are also definitely positive. But I think the biggest controversy was that black Yeah, like, why did we have to add that in? <clears throat> why why I get did it, it. to be there? Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is a movie, maybe for suspense and stuff, but, like, I think it would have been more accurate for a white person, uh, a white actor, to play that role as the bounty hunter, opposed to making it a black person. But that's okay. Whatever. We're going to watch it anyway. I, it's... You're going to watch it. <laughs> yes, you are. It's up in the air right now. Oh, it's up in the air. But I'll I mean, let those, you know. Those are, those are some um, uncertain things about Harriet Tubman. But that basically led us into all these other films and the narrative mm-hmm. of the Negro Tiv. Why that might be basically about slave films. So what did you want to say specifically about slave films and what you think about that whole... Because, I mean, that's such a huge aspect of the American film industry. Oh, my god! Movies about slavery. It It's almost seems like every single year there's an Oscar, there's a movie up about slavery. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, not that those narratives aren't amazing... And, you know, great. Mm -hmm. But it kind of sucks that those are the ones that are going, you know, to the Oscars, Oscars, you know, and stuff. But, I mean, mean, that's great. That means, you know, more people will be able to see it. You know, it does shed a a lot of those, the slave narratives, you know, um, shine a lot of light on, you know, just the struggle of being African-American and, you know, the things that we endured at that time. But um, we got to switch it up. Like, I'm glad that we're, you know, we're still talking about these things because they're still relevant, though. That is true. So I can't really be upset about the narrative still, you know, being, you know, this, you know, about slavery and things like that because there's still things that are very relevant. And... um I mean, I guess still do need to be talked about. But, I mean, there's also great things and great movies by black directors that also need to, you know, get light shined on them. That is true. Um, And so I just wrote down a couple of, like, my favorite black directors and a couple of their movies and their films that are wonderful. But I will um, talk about... Uh, Roots. Do you remember? I don't Oof. remember when Roots came out. Do you? None of, none of us were alive for that. Were but we that not? Was, that was, <laughs> no. That was yeah, in the we 70s. Weren't. Okay, yeah, yeah it was. That was okay. in the 70s, yes. So, um, do you remember watching it in school? Uh, you know what's so funny? I've never actually really watched Roots, but I know mm. everything about it, almost. Um, and Roots was actually, I believe, the highest rated program mm-hmm. at that time. I believe it was the 1970s yeah. when it was yeah. out. They redid it, too. Oh, yeah, they did do and a new the Roots. And re- mm-hmm. the redo was just as good. I mean, I thought it was phenomenal. Dang, why didn't I look up that? Because <laughs> oh, well. it was really good. Mm-hmm. But you know what? It also, like, stirs up a lot of anger. And I think because, you know... Um, you know, watching these films about the slave narratives, I feel like personally for me, it does make me feel a type of way. Just, you know, because even though we, we may not be consciously aware that we're pulling those strings, we're pulling those strings when we're seeing our, you know, ancestors being raped and beaten and how humiliated they were, you know, on a day-to-day basis. And so I think keeping that... um that narrative alive, like we're still feeding into the attitude or the notion that there's that 
rivalry. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not that it's a rivalry, but it's making it, you know, it, it's it's still being talked about, especially with Trump in office right now. I feel like um, <laughs> there these narratives are still very relevant, you know, and do need to be discussed. But, you know, I, I'm kind of... I think it's just from the fact that you're constantly looking at black history yeah. through the lens of oppression right. and um, bigotry right. and a lot of but things like that. But that's what it was here in America that's what still, it too. Was, and, you know, yeah. and, you know you, it, it's good to acknowledge that. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I, when you, you do bring up the fact of these are the only movies that are recognized by black people mm-hmm. by the Academy, I just want to say the fact that doesn't isn't that what every black actress who's ever been nominated for an Oscar or Academy Award mm-hmm. has ever won an award for? I mean, Lupita recently mm-hmm. won for um, 12 Years a Slave. You know, you had Octavia Spencer win mm-hmm. for The Help. You know, Oprah and, you know, uh, was nominated for The Color Purple, mm-hmm. I believe. You know, basically, it's this idea that you can have a white actress, let's say, like, Julie Andrews or Meryl Streep, who have these very... Or a colorful array of roles that they can mm-hmm, take, mm-hmm. whereas the Academy will only ever recognize a black actress mm-hmm. who's playing the role mm-hmm. of a slave or a maid and or something I, like I that. I mean, thinking about it now, like, maybe it's not a bad thing because I feel like we have our stories need to be told. That is true. And it, we have some really good stories and some things that, like, you know, you wouldn't even fathom happening, but these narratives do bring them to life and, you know, they kind of, like, see, look at this, you know. But and those stories are, are, are okay. Like, you can tell them. And, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, they're, it's necessary that we have those stories told. But it's just, like, how much else is there to tell? You know, yeah. black stories are not just through the lens of being oppressed mm-hmm. and being all those things. Mm-hmm. There's, like, so much more. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like it's just that sort of narrowed idea about um, So, slavery. as an African-American woman, who is... Who do we go to to get our narratives prior to bring being brought here in chains? Oh, like just like I guess aspects of like yeah, colonial like, African history, right? And stuff let's like, that. like let's um, who do we who do we go to to get those narratives? I've lo- I'd love to see. I mean, Roots they did touch on just a snippet mm-hmm. of you know what life was like in Africa prior to us you know being brought here, um, but. I mean, it like it was like really a snippet, it and a so because there's not that much that people know about it, right? And, but and even I, I know a good amount because I'm somebody who looks into that stuff anyway. I have a whole well, right, and you're, whole account you're about African, it. You're and not, I'm African yeah. too. But I feel, yeah, that is a, a big difference. So who do we go to to get that narrative? Because the film directors and all that they're they're American, so you know. My God, what, that's probably whose story why, do they tell? That's probably why Black Panther was so revolutionary. Right. It was a sci-fi, right. mostly black cast. Oh, movie. it was so good. I yeah. loved it. Do you remember when that came out? I just felt like <laughs> Wakanda Forever. <laughs> man, and then like uh, Black Klansman came out that year God, too, I didn't and see I went to go one. see that. I got, I was like a little drunk. Oh. Oh my God. It probably made it really I went good. to see it with my friend, and he was like Marley. <laughs> <laughs> like just like just because it was it was about the Ku Klux Klan like wasn't it kind of like a the lot Dave of the Chappelle stuff that was going on? low-key kind of 
I mean, I didn't aspects find it very it. funny. No, not funny, but I'm oh, just saying okay. that. You know, they <laughs> took some aspects of that. Yeah, I, I mean, but Dave Chappelle, he'd be dropping jewels a lot, too. Drops, I mean, he drops, although he drops he's like, bombs. he's very dark. His humor is. But <laughs> if you listen, color. if you <laughs> if you listen to his um, his stuff, like he's in. Uh, there's a lot of controversy about some of his latest stand-ups because that is of true. that, too. So, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I mean, Black Klansman had came out that year too, and I was just like, I don't know, it's it's kind it was of quite like, a year. it was a cool, vulnerable state, like. But Black Panther was literally... And then Kendrick did his thing on the freaking soundtrack. Did you listen to the Black Panther soundtrack? Okay, I thought you said Kendrick. I was like, Kendrick Lamar. Never mind, Kendrick Lamar. Oh, I bumped that for like... Since it came out until like... Like, probably like a good two months. And then I bumped... um, What was his album prior to that? Humble? What what out? Al- oh, damn! Damn! Yeah. Thank you. Oh, that yes. was that was that was it. That yeah, album was know. fire too, and I was just like, oh my god, everything's just the blackness. I love it. <laughs> okay, but it was um, good. And then was, you had was... the but in that in that movie, you also had the um <laughs> white savior trope. <laughs> you did, <laughs> which you, you did. see in everything. Isn't yeah, it? you did it, have it that because um, yeah, but. My God! So let's okay. I guess get into these movies then. Okay. Um, what should we discuss so first? A lot Do you want movies... to come in from that white saver trope first, and you then know, we'll discuss other I things mean, or what well, else? <laughs> I feel like uh, not everything that I listed here has that. White but we saver, but we do but have movies very that relevant. we yeah. do have movies that lined up together. So what was the first one that lined up together was Lincoln, right? Yeah, we did talk about Lincoln. Okay, we can go in on Lincoln. Okay, so. we'll, we'll we'll go on Lincoln. So this is the first movie we're talking about. So basically, we're just so going to discuss So tell me the tea behind movies. Lincoln, too, that you had told me not too long ago about him and his infatuation with uh, Oh, no, that, that, <laughs> the infatuation with who? Little boys. Not little boys, but men. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, you forgot? Oh, basically, I, I, I think I, I God, there's, I need to look more into that. Ooh, we just have a whole exposing well, historical just, people scene. But all I know is that there, there are a lot of things that suggest that Lincoln was gay. Okay, there are a lot of things that suggest that Lincoln was gay. Okay. Um, that's all I can really say about that. But mm-hmm. Abraham Lincoln is one of those presidents that's almost deified in our country. Mm-hmm. If you think about deified um, presidents, you mm-hmm. think of Abraham Lincoln, George Washington, because he was the first, and yeah. then you think of. John F. Kennedy, who was, yeah. as- was assassinated um, really young. Yeah. Um, you know, you think of those three presidents. George Washington was the first. But Abraham Lincoln comes up a lot because he was somebody who ratified. Uh, yeah, the 13th Amendment. Yes. But mm-hmm. I'll have you know. Okay. <laughs> so, wait. Well, there's a lot to touch on about Lincoln in yes, general. So, what did definitely. you want to, like... Um, do you want to discuss him as a figure first, or like just like the movie? You can discuss him as a figure because I don't know too too much about. Yeah, him that as a figure. I mean Abraham Lincoln. Um, he was the president. He was assassinated in eighteen. So did you watch the movie, then, um, Lincoln? No, I just looked into that narrative because I approached everything from kind of that white savior narrative and okay. what, what people thought about that movie. But Abraham Lincoln, I believe, was president from eighteen sixty one to eighteen sixty five. Okay, he was um assassinated by John Wilkes Booth. Mm. In 1865, everyone knows the story. He was mm-hmm. watching, uh, a, um, a, a, I think, a show or a play, and then John Wilkes Booth came behind and shot and killed him. Mm-hmm. Um, this was right after um, he had that very landmark um, decision, which in 1865, that was the end of the Civil War, mm-hmm. and that was also when um, 
after the Civil War, obviously everyone knows slavery was abolished um, in southern states. And uh, supposed to be su- supposed to be right, right. There's forty acres in a mule. There's a lot of tea behind that, but um, Abraham Lincoln <laughs> is, is the president that is is known for that. So in that sense, if you look at Lincoln, he already almost has that white savior too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because right. I mean, out of the bat, he's somebody who did that. Right. And there's a lot of things that but maybe he, he, he was killed for that. Did he have slaves? I don't believe so. I'm not exactly sure. The only president I know who was very back and forth with slaves. (laughs) Very back and forth, but I do not believe um, Abraham Lincoln would have had slaves. He probably did not. No, I don't think so. I don't think he was Southern Not if he was abolishing it. Yeah, I don't think he was Southern either. Um, Okay, So slavery might have not existed where he lived, but we don't know if he was living down South. (laughs) But but, uh, basically the movie Lincoln, um, Daniel Day-Lewis, who I believe... Um, is a Best Actor winner, actually. Okay. He's the one who plays Lincoln. So when I looked into the whole white savior narrative of that movie, mm-hmm. what you basically co- it comes down to is just off the fact that Daniel Day-Lewis is the white savior in the movie. Um, blacks in the movie were basically portrayed in many ways as props or mm. reminders for what's at stake. Mm. So that is what comes up so many times in these slave narratives is where you have this character, which I was so interesting because on Friday, on Thursday, I went to my African-American history class and we were learning about Frederick Douglass and I told you about this. Right. And they the, before we learned about Frederick Douglass, my professor, who I like actually, but you, he played this um, documentary about these two white abolitionists. And basically that whole narrative, mm-hmm. Frederick Douglass didn't really play too much of a part in it, outside of the fact that oh, he wow. was this kid who was sent to this plantation and he was being broken, which is what they did to slaves, where they would basically beat you and let you know that you're a slave and you're less than human. But um, it basically was the story of these two white abolitionists. I'm not exactly sure of their names, but it's a white man and a white woman, and basically their fight to and slavery. So you mm-hmm. see them at church, you see them and the writings that they wrote about, you know, freeing black people. And, you know, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with them at right. all. There's nothing wrong right. with them. And, you know, at the end of the day, slavery was, it's, it's, it's an era in the United States where you needed to have white allies. Mm-hmm. Because the truth of the matter is that nobody's going to look at you as a mm-hmm. black person in that era. And unfortunately, they would value what you have to say less just off the basis of the fact that you're black. Mm-hmm. But, it, it just falls into that whole thing of why is it that whenever we look at that history, why is it that whenever we look at these slave narratives, why do we always have to have that sort of character? You know what? I want to touch on really quick since we've got this going. Chelsea lately recently had a Netflix original um, about her kind of like getting the scoop on like the black community coming from a woman with white privilege. Mm-hmm. And she was talking about how her boyfriend... Um, as a child, she got pregnant with him, and then I think, I don't know if she lost the baby or they had the ab- to abort the baby, but um, she never, like, really, um, I guess, peered into what it was to have white privilege, and, like, everybody who she went to go see was, like, not for it. They were, like, I mean, she was going to colleges and, like, seeing people protesting and things like that, and they were not for it because they're just, like, you know, although we have, you know, um, you know, a white person looking at this issue, still nothing's being done. You know, and these things are still like, you know, like, you know, it's nice that I mean, I, I and I genuinely ca- I, I genuinely feel like 
anybody humane who recognizes and looks back at what happened to African-American people, like, if you have a heart, you're gonna, it's going to be softened towards that whole situation. And so I'm not, like, saying it's anything bad that she did that, but it's just like, you know, although these, you know, we have the white savior that genuinely cares and wants to change, you know, these things, not much is happening. And oh, so, mm-hmm. and it's basically that whole thing of looking at history like this, but what are you doing about the, right, uh, right. about here and today, which is, right. especially because of this country, <laughs> it was so interesting when they talked about slavery and they said that slavery, I believe, was slaves were like the single most valuable thing. I that was telling America you about that. It was the offer. economy. It was slavery was the economy. It was more, it was, um, I was listening to this podcast, shout out to it. 1619. Oh, yes, I was um, It was, uh, it's a journalist. I don't remember what she writes for, but um, she was talking about how um, when slavery was at its peak, it was, um, it was worth more than all the railroads and all the, um, like, anything else in the economy. In the economy. We were literally being and that's another reason why it was such a big deal when slavery got abolished because that's we, it, they were yeah. paying debts with slaves like i mean yeah you know? that's true and, and i mean like that's that. why the southern economy mm-hmm. crashed that's why you have to so have the badly. whole reconstruction thing yeah but it's like you have a country who's so much of the wealth of the united states mm-hmm. you have to call it out was procured through slavery, which right. is basically free labor. And you're looking back and you're making these movies, but what's your intention? I mean, what are you looking... Are you going to look at the United States honestly? Or are you just going to just bring this these narratives out mm-hmm. and act like, oh, it's all okay today? Because that's just not the case of the... I mean, that's just not the case. So, I mean, looking into it that way, that's also pretty um, interesting. But... Uh, I mean, looking into Lincoln is that that's that whole thing about the white savior complex, mm-hmm. um, which is the white savior character. But I think when you look at black people as props and reminders of what's at stake, because that's what I think they, they do in the movie. Basically, whenever you do have black people brought up, obviously they're going to be working on plantations. It mm-hmm. also kind of makes it like, you know, the Civil War was just for slavery, which, of course, there are other factors as well. But it's just that whole thing of black people in the movie are very one-dimensional. Mm-hmm. Their struggle, their oppression, their slaves. Mm-hmm. Um, Lincoln, or the white character, is this dynamic character. Maybe he feels a different way at the beginning than he does at the end. You see him grow. You see him change. Mm-hmm. You see all these different things about I've him come up. assassination. So mm-hmm. he was assassinated um, after he ratified the 13th Amendment, yes. which... Um, Abolish slavery mm-hmm. and um, involuntary servitude, except for those that were duly convicted of a crime. Yes. So that's what I wanted to touch on, because that leads to the other movie that I wanted to bring up, which was 13th. And that was by um, directed by uh, Ava Duvernay. Mm-hmm. Du- Duvernay? Duvernay. I'm sorry. Um, sorry, Duvernay. Uh, we'll go, we'll and, go next week. And she also did Wrinkle in Time, which I absolutely love that movie. So she's super diverse when it comes to her she's hot right skills, now. too. Yeah, she's she's so cool. But I love that she shined light on 13th, which um, talked about the 13th Amendment, like I just said. And, um, like, 
<laughs> the amount of stuff that she dives in on that was really good and I'll just tie back into Lincoln really quick but he was he was ultimately assassinated for the 13th 14th and 15th amendment yes and I believe the 13th amendment was the abolishment of slavery the 14th amendment was citizenship citizenship mm-hmm. rights the 15th amendment was voting rights yeah which gave black men black right men, black right, men yeah. right to vote yeah. <laughs> um and he, he yeah he was assassinated in 1865 but what did you get about the movie Lincoln because I know you did touch on that as well but from another perspective um just that, I mean, I mean, he was considered that savior. He had that savior complex or whatever because he, you know, ratified that yeah. uh, that amendment. But I will have you know, also, after Lincoln was assassinated, the 40 acres and a mule that we were guaranteed after slavery, yeah. there we did get some, okay? Some of us did get that 40 acres and a mule, but it was taken back. <laughs> I think that's why... Along with the land. I think that's why they have the whole reparations talk today. Yeah. Which is super, super controversial. Yeah. Um, I think it... Yeah, I hate hate delving into it sometimes because it's like, this country should have done right by... I know, and... This country should have done right by these slaves years ago when it happened, but this country's also built on anti-black racism. Mm -hmm. So there was no way that they were going to do it because the people in power, obviously, Mm -hmm. could not stand the fact that they were going to give black people anything, regardless of what you'd been through. So it's, I mean, that's why I have the operations talk today. It's very, very controversial. I'm not 100% on either side, but at the same time, it's... Oh, I'm all for reparations. Like, it's not fair. These um, discrepancies exist for a reason. I think that's what the operations talk is talking about. Like, these discrepancies exist for a reason. Wealth, income, um, right. education, a lot of that stuff exists because of the f- history that we have. Right, and but I think it, the you're, I mean, it's not something that you would weigh on too heavy because you're from Africa. I'm from I'm from Africa. I'm from California. You're from America. I'm from America. And just because somebody says like, you're African American, you are still American. You're just as American as yeah, as, right. As, uh, but I am black, mm-hmm. and I stemmed from somebody who was brought here in a slave ship. Yeah. So, um, hell yeah. Hell yeah, we need reparations because <laughs> there's there's people who come over here from different countries, right? And they're granted like what is it like I don't know, they get paid like a hundred thousand dollars or something like that to um start their own business or do whatever what have you with um coming to become a US citizen. Mm-hmm. That's why you have people in Muslim communities with their own, you know, they've all got their own shops and things set up. Asian communities, they're, they got every nail salon. Hair. Hair and nail salon. And their business is always booming. Another thing is they always keep their um, wealth within their community. We, the black dollar is very, very valuable because we spend on every other everything. Yeah. We're buying their hair. We're getting our nails done. We're buying their hair. <laughs> you know, we're uh, going to the corner store. You know, which are, I mean, th- those are owned by. I'm not. This is. I don't want to sound racist when I come. I'm just from my experience. A, a lot of, um, um, like corner stores and things like that are, are uh, uh, owned by Middle Eastern people, and so when. Um, when we talk about 
reparations. Reparations. I feel like we are definitely due. Due. Overdue, baby. Way overdue. Way overdue. Way overdue. So, I mean, and I haven't really dived into that either. I just heard talk about it. Yeah, me too. I I definitely need to look more into it. But that is definitely something we should definitely look into because it's very relevant. That is definitely true. Now I'm done ranting. LOL, what were the other movies that you looked into, though? Because there were some other ones that you had on the Mm. other page. Um, (laughs) I just wrote down some really good directors like John Singleton. I loved Boys in the Hood and um, Menace to Society because all those those were the only narratives that were really being brought that aren't about slavery and are about our struggle in, you know, the black community come from black people who have seen and, you know. So John Singleton was one of those black directors that, you know, really touched on um, a lot of the issues in our community and things like that. So shouts to John Singleton. Um, uh, the Hughes brothers uh, did Minister Society. Um, did you ever see that? No, I don't think. Oh I've my seen God! That one. How do you not see that? Maybe it I'm, out of the, I'm so like out of the life for a lot of them. And um, Lawrence Fishburne was in that movie, and he did a dynamic job he of a playing actor. a strong black father. Um, it it his character was also very like shelled and kind of hidden and very like stern and very hard like a lot of black fathers are but i feel like that was very important for him to play because a lot of our black men and our black fathers were that way because they had to be and um you know pretty much just you know our past history have has made us that way but he did a wonderful job of doing that and then he also you know was dropping jewels like hey you can't be out here doing this you know you gotta do the right thing rather and then you know of course you have your teenage young black boys drinking chasing booty (laughs) you know and stuff like that gang gang and stuff you know so that was a great movie i loved menace to society that was with the hughes brothers Mm -hmm. came out in 93 so i guess a little nostalgia for you um, Before both of us were born. <laughs> right? I was like, I was in my mommy's womb. I was nowhere. Didn't even think of this. Um, and then uh, I also, like, can't, like, talk about black narrative and um, black movies without mentioning the Waynes Brothers. They are freaking killing the game. Although they're always talking about comedy and all these things. I mean, I, I just love, I just love them because they're so diverse and they're so intelligent. And there's, like, I think eight. Wayne's children and oh yeah there's a lot of them they're like they're all really cool and very um and live in color right were they on there they're on I think their sister color. was on that one their older sister yeah yeah mm-hmm. she was hilarious mm-hmm. <laughs> um so and then I just watched the latest movie I think it was Sean Wayne's who did it no Sean is it that comedy it? one yeah yeah sex tuplets was it yeah yeah was it? Yeah. I don't know. I don't really. I follow watched them. it, but it was funny. I don't, really I don't know if it was Sean Wayne's or it was Marlon. It was Marlon who did that, but um, that was really. They good. did I the liked what that. was that show they had in the nineties? Brothers. Oh yeah, no brothers. Wayne's brothers. Yeah, the Wayne's brothers. Who's yeah. the? Cause I know they're they're not twins, are they? They're not twins. No, 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 no. One of they're them, like one of them was age, one of them was cuter than the other one. Who was the cuter one? You know who I'm talking Sean. about. <laughs> was he the kind of darker, darker, taller? 
He was, like, he was not the goofy built. one. Yeah, okay, that's him. Marlon. Yeah, okay, not Marlon. <laughs> <But> <laughs> anyway, can we not bash the black directors <laughs> right now? Just, um, but and they also um, the Wayne's Brothers show um, had John Witherspoon. He just recently passed. Yes, Ready? John Witherspoon who passed away. Pops yes, pops. So, oh, yeah, we, we, I forgot to do that uh, at the beginning of the episode, but oh he did. He was seventy-six, I believe. Yeah, seventy-five. I'm not sure, but he was the bomb, and I was Mm. so hoping for another Friday movie with him in it. And it's been like 20 years. I know, it's been a while. No, it hasn't been that long, but... Friday is the 90s. Yeah, but, like, they had Friday After Next, which was the last one. I think that came out, like, somewhat in the 2000s, somewhere in the 2000s. Yeah, like 2000? Okay, but that wasn't 20 years... Oh my god. Okay, listen, stop it. No, I'm not getting old. No. It definitely wasn't 2000. It was like. Friday after next. Can you Google it? Yeah, I need to look at it. Friday after next. Oh my god. Um, Please tell me it was not that long ago. Okay, so anyway, I loved them for that. And then, um, yeah. We have to get into these. uh, Gee. It was 2002. 2002? That's like still 18? 17 years ago. Oh my god. <laughs> LOL. Wait, wait, wait. That is so crazy. Was those all the black directors? Um, no. Who else did you have? I was going to talk about, like, black directors. Um, well, the black directors that I was going to mention are, like, you know newer but then again we have spike lee she's gotta have it loved 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 it i watched um i I did not watch the movie but i did watch the remake the spinoff that he had on um netflix she's gotta have it loved nola darling in the first season but i I just need to go watch these things fell off but anyway it was good well those are those that those are just like the the black directors but like i mean how many did you because do you want to kind of get into some of them at the end, too? Like, some of the younger ones? Because I kind of wanted to go over, like, some of the slave narrative. Well, Just, like, the that, movies. That's yeah, Because that's do. exactly what we're kind of talking Here about. Yeah. But, yeah. uh, okay, so we did Whatever. go over Lincoln. Yes. Okay. So, we have to talk about one of the most iconic movies of the decade. I know it came out way, way earlier, but it is Django. <laughs> so Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tar- oh my Tarantino. god, I have a story for you what? about Quentin Tarantino. You met him? No. Listen, <laughs> shut up. Okay, so it was like maybe a couple months ago. I was over at my friend's house, my coworker. I'm gonna say coworker's house. And you're not going to believe this. Okay, so back to being, like, I don't know if it just struck, like, the wrong chord inside me, but this is what happened, and I'm going to tell you what happened. We were playing Cards Against Humanity, okay? I had drank a little bit, and I was feeling myself. It was cool. The game was fun. We were having an absolute blast, but... The co-worker's boyfriend was there, and he was, like, known for being a douche, you know, when, according to everything that she told me about him, like, they would break up every other day and stuff, and, like, yeah, it was wild. But anyway, I just knew he was a douche. Uh, I don't know, 20-something, mid-20s. She was a zillennial. So, (laughs) (laughs) so, um, anyway... 
I already don't really, like, have a good idea. And, like, the day before, like, I the day before she invited me over to, like, hang out or whatever, they had broken up. So I was like, okay, you know what, girl? We're going to, you know, it's going to be a good day, girl. We're going to know guys, whatever, blah, blah, blah. This nigga sitting on the couch. This man is sitting on the couch when I get to her house. And I had never met him. I thought it was somebody else's. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, oh. no, 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 no. I just want something in my ear. I thought it was somebody else's um man. Yeah, because there was other girls <laughs> there, and she was like, uh, he was like, oh yeah, my name is this, and I'm like, wait, connecting the dots, like, oh wait, Ain't that's supposed to be gone? Ain't great. Ain't she supposed to be on? Okay. Are I was like, on? okay, well that'll be cool. But anyway, so we're playing Cards of Humanity, and one of the uh, I had the card, right? And my card was, there's a thin line between blank and an aphrodisiac. And so everybody has to throw down their cards for, like, Lord. to make the funniest, right? This man put down racial slurs in a Quentin Tarantino movie. So, let, let me spell it out for you. His reply was, there's a thin line between racial slurs and an afro, and an, and a... Quentin Tarantino movie and an aphrodisiac. Are you not getting it? You look like you're like a deer in the headlights. <laughs> There's a thin line between an aphrodisiac and racial slurs in a Quentin Tarantino movie. What is an aphrodisiac? Oh my god. <laughs> wait, wait, what like is it? Like oysters, you know, like stuff that like puts you in the mood. Oh. <gasps> yeah. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Do you get it now? Yeah. Okay, so that was what he put down. And I didn't know what to do, Jesus. I left, to tell you Lord. Something? I left. <laughs> I was like, I don't... Mm. That's funny, but I was like, dang, did I overreact? But then I was like, hell no, I didn't overreact. I, I, didn't, I, did not, I actually did not know until today that Quentin Tarantino directed Jack Allen Chained. Yes. But he's somebody he who always a, twists historical... He's... Yeah, like his uh, he's, once upon a time... And there's racial his, slurs in a lot of his... Yeah. But Oof, anyway, Lord. and they're like crazy, like Django. That was. Woo-hoo. I mean, Django is one of those movies that. Uh, I just had to share that. I could not believe he did that. Like, I ended up leaving the whole little shindig and everything. Lol. But what did you think about Django when you watched it? Uh, it was very graphic, brutal, brutal. But yes. I mean, it was victorious in the end. So. I mean, it's Django Unchained. Lol. It's it's this. Uh, what do you call it? There was a trope that they have in it. The Sambo. I loved seeing Jamie Foxx in another role that was not comedy. He did great. I mean, Jamie Foxx is somebody who slayed Ray Charles. He's somebody oh, who... Oh, he did a wonderful Jamie job Jamie Foxx is a Ray great Charles. actor. Yeah, I think people forget really, that. And people yeah. also forget he's on number one hit. And, and, and he sings too, yeah, right? Yeah, he Fuck you, fuck you. Do you remember when he did that? No. You haven't seen that run? Oh, my God. He was literally legendarily playing the piano. Oh, okay. And he was saying... I mean, and he was like singing. Honey, he's he's talented, but I mean, (laughs) the the whole movie about Django and Chain. Like, what what was your take on it? I just was like, I mean, I saw it a while ago, but from what I can remember, it was like just black man stalking it to the man. I was talking it to the man, and then you had <laughs> you had the Uncle Ruckus Sambo oh, L. Jackson, yeah. the oh, Sambo, yeah, the Sambo, the Sambo, which is an old slave trope about the slave who likes being enslaved. It was actually something that a lot of the white slave, owners, but he looked crazy too. Like he's about how to can you look like busted? Slavery? But he was like, but it's basically like the the a lot of slave masters would say, oh, they like it. 
yeah. because it's brought them Jesus and Christianity and shit. Oh. So basically that whole thing. But Django, when I looked into it from that uh, white savior trope, somebody put in that it was white saviors as military enablers to teach black men to def- to free themselves through violence. Mm. So that was the, I believe, the role that, what is his name would play in that movie? Was it Leonardo DiCaprio? Why does Leonardo DiCaprio not have an Oscar? He does. Does he? Yeah. For what? He won one a couple years ago. No, he did not. Yeah, he did. Remember? He should have. He won one for that bear movie when he survived. He didn't win an Oscar for that. Leonardo DiCaprio won an Oscar like two years ago. Did he really? Yes. Oh, well, thank God I remember God there was a big campaign. There was a big campaign. That was like but why was he, he needs an Oscar. Was that his role in the movie? Because he, oh. um, uh, he, was, he, was, um, he was um with Jamie Foxx, right? Like they were on the same side. Yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> Who's the other white man? Who's the evil one? Yeah. Either way, <laughs> it's that. Also, Glory is apparently uh, allegedly that same way, where you basically have white savers and military enablers um, trying to teach the black men to free themselves through violence. 12 Years a Slave now mm-hmm. is a movie that well. got so much buzz five years ago. Um, Lu- that's what Lupita. <clears throat> the beautiful oh, Lupita Nyong'o. Got it. Gorgeous. Um, won her best actress in a supporting role mm-hmm. um, for 12 Years a Slave. Mm-hmm. And that movie is basically, of course, how the you had this free black man who was basically caught in Oh, I cannot imagine going from being free to then. <laughs> and it happened a lot. <gasps> probably back then, oh, too. Oh, my God. I mean, Lupita wasn't obviously, she wasn't like that main character. I believe David... Uh, J4, he's a Nigerian actor. He's the one who... <laughs> Nigerian actor. <laughs> he's actually just... We were just talking about this earlier. He was the one who um, actually played that main role. And he's actually British, too, I believe. Oh, but, um, wow. Basically, in that movie, you have Solomon Northup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who is the white savior in that movie. Mm-hmm. And basically, it's almost about, in many ways, about his struggles and his resilience. Um, that's what somebody brought up in it. Um, to, um, in many ways, his coming i don't want to say coming of age but it's his story mm-hmm. where a lot of that is you're you're viewing it in a lot of ways through his story and his um come up and uh that was uh, another thing that was very very interesting about that sort of narrative it's basically when you're looking back at these slave movies and you're constantly seeing this one pattern mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. this is the white savior and he's almost like the main part of the movie mm-hmm. um in his Growing his story and everything, and everyone else is almost like a background character in many, many ways. Um, so that, that was is that. the negrotive. That is. Um, so we can talk about. So we kind of touched on Black Panther. Um, I wanted to go in. What is his name? Jordan Peele, who did the uh, Get Out mm-hmm. and Us. Great movies. Yes. Not now. Ooh, I can't say that they had nothing to do with like the slave narrative. The you, I mean, us probably didn't really. No, no, no. Know. Get out didn't either. But get was, out, no, it get out definitely it, did. Yeah, not necessarily slave, but racist. Right? No, yeah, racism, uh-huh. and mm-hmm. uh, he touched on that. So that always seems to be the Negro tiff. Um, But then we Ooh, have um, Fruitvale Station. I'm not sure who. Um, directed that but that was about oscar grant the 22 year old that got shot dead at the train station on new year's eve with his girlfriend what year was this this was 2013 
White? Wait, no, no, no. Was I don't know when he got shot, but I know oh. the movie came out in 2013. Oh, it was like 2013. I think it was like 2012 that he did get shot. And then Oscar Grants? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, so, but but these are things like Sandra Bland, like, these are all movies that need to be made relevant because, or created, rather, because I know there's not a movie you about Sandra. You said Oscar who? Grant? Os- yes, Grant. And so, I mean... It would be nice to see some Ooh, movies. 2009. Jesus Christ. He died in 2009. Yeah, 22 yeah. years old. 22. Is right. that not crazy? And um, so anyway, that movie shined a lot of light on like just the... Um, how many black men have been shot dead at the hands of a white officer like within the last 10 years? It's something that you're hearing about a lot more recently. Well, I feel like we're hearing about it a lot more because media is popping. And we have black Twitter. There's videos. Like, we have videos of... But it's something that happened, obviously, all the time for a long time. Yeah, yeah. And Mm. this was happening way back then, too. But, you know, there wasn't as much media coverage. And obviously nobody would be brought to trial for it back then, either. Right. And so... That would be an interesting thing to see on film now mm-hmm. because I'd like to get more insight on these people who are getting shot down in cold blood for, I don't even know what the reason why this, this young boy, Oscar Grant, was shot for. I need to, to look into that. I mean, is there a reason, though, to shoot anybody dead? Unless I mean, I know there at, are certain like, reasons where a police officers only shoot to kill. I do know that. Police officers are taught to shoot to kill, and it's only supposed to be when you feel like you're in imminent danger. Um, he was on his back. I mean, he was on his stomach. Oh, yeah, because the they tackled him, When right? they shot him. Yeah. Oh, my God, that stuff is so horrible to talk about. But, I mean, do you want If to, I see narrative, see though, these, I want to see that. I want to see that brought see to that. life. Because that was a great film. Do you they, think that's going to happen next decade? Oh, hell yeah. Because of all these recent deaths that we've had from like I said black men dying at the hand of a white and women this black too. woman and women just got too. shot in her house yes and shot I want to and I want to and I want to bring it up that it's very Ugh. important to say that black women are going through it too yeah I think Sandra oftentimes Bland. the narrative yeah. is just black men but they're black women too that's why the whole say her name thing was out because mm-hmm. you want to remind people that it's not just black men right, right? right. it's black women as well yeah mm-hmm. Um, but do you think that you see that becoming a, a thing in, in future cinema? I hope so. Hopefully. I really do. Where do you see, because right now I think for the pot prospect for a lot of black actors and actresses, particularly African-American ones, it's pretty tough because they are competing against black British and black foreigners, who I do think in many ways oftentimes get those roles. I don't know why. Mm. But where do you see, like, black actors and actresses in cinema today. Right now, we have Tyler Perry Studios, which opened. That is actually the largest film production studio in the entire country. Wow. It is the largest film production studio in the entire country, worth over $900 million that Tyler Tyler Perry Perry. put into that. So shout out to Tyler Perry. I remember when he was talking about writing his plays in his car. Tyler Perry is somebody who's so inspirational to me. Uh, I feel like there's people who are like that to me. Is Tyler Perry is one of them now. It's almost like Tyler... Oprah Winfrey, Michelle Obama, people like that. I just love the fact that Tyler Perry is somebody who takes black stories Mm -hmm. and he's writing them. And, you know, there's a lot of criticisms that he faces, but at the same time, you don't have that many black directors out there who are really making as many jobs as Tyler Perry has. And I know that my mom, my mom loves him because he's almost carried the show on the whole channel. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. He almost carries it. You know, a lot of those shows are on there and I know it's very popular with black women. My mom watches a lot of his shows, but, um, 
congratulations to Tyler Perry because I mean like those are stories that you need to get out there yeah and those are actors and actresses who are very talented I really really hate that that is you know might become the narrative now the negrotive now Uh, here we are going from this whole slave you know film Mm -hmm. into like okay well modern day slavery or modern day um, racism and um Oppression, and that's. Uh, I mean, it, don't you think it almost is a, is in a way it's transitioned. It's, it's, it's transitioned it's, into almost a civil rights era, right? In a lot of movies like Selma, um, The Help, mm-hmm. it's not slavery, but you have this post-slavery society right, where you have discrimination right. still and stuff like that. But I feel like Tyler Perry is good because he doesn't necessarily mention that. His story or black no, stories. No, his black stories. Yeah, black, that's why I love. Stories, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he's that's great. A great thing we about don't him. see too much of that in any of his film at all. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, I I love Tyler Perry and my mom loved him so much and my son loves him so much. Too. Are you serious? My son loves <laughs> to play. My son loves to play. He's um He'll sing the songs. He knows the songs. Like that's my baby. Earlier this year I went on a uh, to go watch a big a big Medea funeral. Remember the Fat Tyler no, no, Perry no, movie? Yeah. He's got so many movies. I went. I, I went on that. Movie. I was on a date when I. I watched think that it. was her last one. Medea's last movie. You said what? <laughs> I was on a date when I watched it. Oh, were you really? <laughs> yeah, it was at over at Penn Square Mall, the theater they have oh, over there. I like. I went on a date there too. Really to the movies? No, I just took my son. Actually. Yeah, it was this guy. We went Trey. to go see. Oh. Another tray? Oh, tray. <laughs> you have a thing for trays. <laughs> it was another tray. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um, either way, yeah, his movies are great. Where do you see black cinema in the future? And what diverse roles do you want to see black actors and actresses inhabit? Because I have a lot that I hope for this. Well, I definitely want to see the the stories about, um, you know, light being shined on these people who have been killed recently. Um due to the police brutality um and then like just more insight about the uh cases and stuff like that because i feel like the media really portrays it the way that it wants us to view it and that's with everything and so you know there's oftentimes a lot of stuff slid into the media that may not be accurate or may not be true um that will kind of like justify somebody being shot down you know Mm -hmm. especially when it comes to these young black men and women um but in the future i don't know i know black cinema is growing because ariel she's going to be a black it's going to be a black ariel here disney's on yes what is her name again oh i don't know who's playing her i don't it was one of those twins the two girls who beat they were beyonce's oh really chloe Oh, and Hallie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, one of those. She's very, very pretty and very talented. I yeah. knew that. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, that'd be great. But I I also know that the black um, cinema is growing a lot. It is. Because um, here you are with Jordan Peele, Ava DuVernay. Uh, du- I can never say her name. DuVernay. Um, <laughs> DuVernay. And, like, um, who directed Black Panther? You wrote him down somewhere. I did write him down. Ryan Coogler. Mm-hmm. So with, um, they're super, f- super phenomenal in, in, in their art. And so I hope that 
um, we do get a lot more movies with um, different narratives. For different stories are being told. And that's why Black, Black Panther people. was such a big success. Cause I feel right, because like, oh, here we people, are, Wakanda. Yeah, you know, a lot of like people, our remember, heroes. they argued for a long time that nobody's going to want to see black people in those roles. That's what a lot of these execs were saying. No one's nobody like it's almost like this idea that like we only But want we broke to see the black box office. This, you know why? Because the, the black dollar is very, very Important. valuable. And we showed out for it. And, and we do. And, 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 and so Disney top- that's why I'm saying Disney's ho- hopping on that bandwagon because um, they're gonna put a, a a black Ariel in office and guess what? Now you in got office. all in office <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, you know what I mean, um, in the theater. And so now you've got all the black girls running to um, the theater. Lion King, Beyonce. Okay, but that was like, fucking live action. <laughs> no, it don't matter. I was there because I know Beyonce's playing Nala and I know, um, um, oh God, I don't want to say Childish Gambino because that's not what he wants Donald to Donald Glover. About. Thank you. Donald Glover, Donald Glover. is in there. Um, I mean, even they they're making moves full, too. Almost, Beyonce's almost making moves too. Class. She had Chloe and Halle. I think she really did put in for her to push in for that uh, yeah. Little Mermaid role. So Beyonce's definitely making her own moves. I well. can't wait to see her project on The Gift. Like, did you see uh, they're filming the Brown Skin Girl video? I heard. I cannot wait. We can't Brown help but stand. Skin oh, did you just say my name turned 20 years old like yesterday? Did it really? <laughs> yeah, it did. Oh. She's a complete veteran at this point. <laughs> and I watched Homecoming again Saturday. <laughs> you told me about that. You said, I'm addicted. I was at the mall when you texted I me that. It. I was like, addicted to what? Yes. I thought I'd see you in a picture with like some bonbons or something. Like, no. just like, I'm addicted. I'm I- like, girl. <laughs> <laughs> No, I just absolutely love Beyonce, and I mean, she's we, she's very very. Uh, we'll have a she's whole a Virgo, so we should definitely. But uh, definitely, like. Um, so the narrative is changing, but I know the black the like black cinema is definitely going to grow because it it's so valuable. Like I said. Yeah, and I was also going to mention one thing. I think that black cinema like African-American cinema and like African cinema, that collaboration would be so great because I think that it's so funny because I feel like there's a lot of black cinema. Obviously, there's African cinema as well. Nollywood in Nigeria, I believe that's actually the third biggest movie industry. Is in the it world. really? Yeah. Nollywood actually has like the, I think they put out the most movies of anything second to Bollywood and in far as revenue Nollywood is number three after Hollywood and Bollywood you know what's and Nollywood's in Nigeria is that but I have never seen I don't think I've ever seen a there, Nollywood, Nollywood needs to work on the fact that a lot of their films are pretty low budget but I will say that <laughs> <laughs> If you have this sort of connection, I feel like that could change the narrative. Because oh, Nollywood right. films tackle a lot of very traditional African tropes, mm. very traditional Nigerian aspects of culture. Mm. You it's it's you're looking at black history almost. Mm-hmm. And it's no it's not through oppression, it's not through slavery. It is like basically what Roots started out as. Mm. That's what these films are like. If you can have that great collaboration, it's amazing. So for me in the future, I wanna see that. But I also wanna see a bomb ass black actress. Who can who can Luffy. do all those roles? Because at the end of the day, it's like well, you have Julie Andrews, you have Meryl Streep, you have Jennifer Aniston, who are all these white actresses. Who can it, he, think of how many roles Meryl Streep has played? Right. Think right. about how dynamic her career is, and you don't have a lot of black women who can have that dynamic of a career. Black men almost have I do in a sense have it better. Where I feel like you have people like Jamie Foxx and um, what's the Lawrence Fishburne and mm-hmm. Samuel Jackson who had played these dynamic roles but with a lot of black women it's always always through this guise of you're either doing a biopic mm-hmm. you're either you know playing a, a black woman of the past or you're a slave 
or you're made. So I want to mm-hmm. take that and I want to see a black actress who can who can play the most desired woman in her movie, who can play uh, something, something in military, who can do anything with her so, roles and do so what much. So was, um, I don't, I feel like we're leaving um, out a really big movie. Um, it was um, with, oh my God, I am so bad with names. It's ridiculous. Who plays Cookie in Empire? Raji Thank you. What was the movie that she did with Octavia Davis and um, someone else? Octavia Spencer? Uh, oh, Octavia Spencer and... Um... No! Oh, my God! What wait, is it? wait, wait, wait. <laughs> with the astronauts, right? Yes. <laughs> what is that? What is that movie? Oh, God. Oh, my we God. Oh, well, do you know what's so funny? That came up in my white savior. You said thing. LOL again. I'm going to. That, that came you. up in my white savior trope research. It really did. Um, hidden Circles? Thank you. It wasn't Hidden no. Circles. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no. Was it? No, it was Hidden Something, right? Hidden figures. Hidden, hidden figures. figures. Hidden figures. Thank yes, you. that was gonna kill yeah, me. Yeah, that was a great film in which, um, you know, black a, a story women, nobody ever talked about. Right, right. That, but at and the she's same alive. time, they were also going through a lot of racial yeah <laughs> <laughs> bullshit. Uh, but anyway, great film. I loved it. It was it was nice to see black women like just mm, 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 strutting down them halls. Yeah, she was killing it. Uh, the the lady who actually is the movie's based off of, I believe, is still alive. She's yeah, damn yeah, near hundred. Yeah, yeah, she's in a wheelchair. <laughs> oh yeah. Is she in a wheelchair? I mean, I think all three of like them are 97. alive. No, I think three or two of them are still alive. I think all of them are alive. Black and black. Don't this crack. Is, we should know more. Yeah, more research next time. Anyway. But I mean, I, I think that's, that's, I love that movie because that's something that I didn't know. Yeah. I yeah, never yeah. learned that in history. I never learned about any of that yeah. stuff. But whenever somebody brings that up, I remember somebody thought they were like, they should do a movie on Rosewood. And that's also a race massacre. Yeah. it's like, do yeah. something about something that's really going to shake the table. Because it's like, mm-hmm. you can do all these slave movies, but it's, it's, it's the same thing mm-hmm. all the time. It's like, do something that people don't know about. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they don't like to think about. Mm-hmm. You know, because a lot of people get offended when they are confronted with something that makes them have to confront their own preconceived notions about this country that we live in. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so... I think that would be a very interesting movie to do. But I do love those movies where you, you take somebody, like, you know, maybe George Washington Carver, who's a, a black inventor in the 19th century, a lot of people don't know about, or um, uh, what is it, Marcus Delaney? Yeah, you know, these are figures another, that are very low-key. Oh, How many, like, ML, I, we love MLK. How many movies do we really need of him uh, versus when you think about all these other it's like, it's always been my hangout with the Black History Month, which I'll go into Black History Month one day. I'll go in on Black History Month one day. But it's that sort of thing where it's like, whenever we look at Black History in movies or cinema or anything, you're, we're learning about the same people. We're learning about the same things. Mm-hmm. Moving the box, like actually right. moving the box or trying to do something revolutionary will be, let's talk about somebody like Marcus Delaney. Let's talk about these people that people don't know about. Let's talk about people who... Let's not talk about slavery in general. Let's talk about some massacres or some things that people don't know about. Let's let's bring all these narratives yeah, in the here. Yeah, the whole picture. Let's bring the whole picture in here instead yeah. of just this same thing right. of either, you know, Black History Month, you sat at the back of the bus, Rosa Parks mm-hmm. refused her seat. I looked like, like Rosa the same Parks thing. yesterday. I was so channeling her because, like, I had my hair pulled back. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I had the, like, so I, the part down the middle and, and the braids on gray. the side. 
you shut the fuck up. Oh. And so I um I was <laughs> channeling Rosa yesterday. I was like, mm. You were kind of slaying. You were kind of slaying. Kind of. But anyway. Um, so yeah, I think this was a great episode. I'm so sorry we didn't get to touch on nostalgia again, part two. Ooh. But I wanted to bring up some things since I like I did do a little bit of research into that. CeeLo, fuck you, 2010. I mean, just the end of the, you know. The beginning of the 2010s. Right. But I love that song. Are we I doing the 2000s again? With the girl I love and I'm that was a good song. It peaked at number two, guys, behind <laughs> Born This Way. <laughs> Lady Gaga, too, was really big. Yeah, she came back at the end. She was growing but, in uh, the 2000s. I mean... Yeah, I mean, that's it just makes no sense to just tag it all on at the end of the episode. Wait, but I was just talking about, I just wanted, I love that. that you wanted to talk about that Jay-Z thing. I did. So, we, in in the original Nostalgia episode, yes. the 30 minutes that you guys did not hear, we were going in a little bit about Jay-Z because he was one of the artists, the top 10 artists of that era. And I was talking about how intellectual he was because um, I didn't really listen to his music very much until I watched his um, executive, his executive, his interview with um, Dean Bouquet, Dean Bouquet, um, or Bouquet, Ooh, Lord, my aunt would kill me. With <laughs> <laughs> She's like, she she would know how to say it. But anyway, he's the executive editor of the New York Times Magazine. And um, he had interviewed Jay-Z. Uh, it was just around the time he had dropped 444. Mm-hmm. And he was just talking about a lot of, like, interesting things. And he provided uh, this one idea that I think, like, inside of me was already aware of but he kind of like put it into words so that I understood it and like oh this is the exact feeling that I I know but I've never heard it expressed so he was talking about how growing up in his neighborhood it was really um this is super irrelevant to what we were talking about for the last hour and a half but um (laughs) he was talking about how um Growing up in his neighborhood, a lot of people were hostile and things like that. He grew up in New York. Um, I want to say Brooklyn, Bronx, something with a B. Because he yeah. always says something with a B. But anyway, um, <laughs> he um, he was talking about how um, men were vulnerable and they were so vulnerable to the extent that, like, if you were to look at them, they'd say, like, who are you looking at or what are you looking at? But they weren't they weren't understanding that they were so vulnerable and they were so hurt and so in pain and angry, and angry that Terrible. they didn't want to be looked at. And that's really what that stemmed from. And he said, you think I see you and you're in a space where you're uh, you're hurting so um, that you don't want me to look at you. And so... Um, when he said that, I was just like, dang, that is really deep because it is so true. And that's how Ooh. aggressive people are. Can I read that last part? Yeah. So you put on a shell and want to fight me because I see you. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? crazy. I really love that. And I respect Jay-Z so much because that whole interview was very, very insightful. And he even talked about going to therapy and things like that. A lot All of these black people don't even believe in doing shit don't like even, that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, therapy's for white people. Yeah, it's like, really fucking mad. Or for everybody <laughs> other than black people. I don't mm-hmm. know why we've, you know, I think it's because we want to be so of, hard. It's a culture of you need to 
struggle. Yeah. To get you, just, it's like uh, it's a culture. It's that, just how like, it is. Oh, that is perfect. It's just how it is. It celebrates yeah. struggle. And when you brought up that Jay Z quote, I did bring up Mary J. Blige as well. Mm-hmm. Remember when I brought up Mary J. Blige and I was like. When Mary J. Blige, her career first started and people were wearing, like, you know, you're not as refined as Whitney, you're not as refined as this, and she had this hard shell about her, and it's just a thing of, like, you are rather, when somebody looks at you and you're like, what are you looking at? You'd rather get at them before they have the chance to get at you. Yeah. And you never really Mm -hmm. get to be, obviously, like, the way I grew up, like, I wouldn't. If somebody looked at me, I'd probably smile at them. You know, I didn't, <laughs> you know, I didn't grow up in this sort of culture where I always have to be on the defense. Yeah. Because, you know, that just was not something that was where I grew mm-hmm. up in neighborhoods that weren't really like I would that. love to see a film by Jay-Z. I feel like he's played a role in some kind of I'm pretty sure he film has. already. But I would love to see his own project. That would be Him really and Beyonce as Bonnie and Clyde. Really dope. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> LOL. But, uh, there I said it again. But, um, that was, yeah. Great. Are we, are we, yeah. So, what's new? Like, um, as far as everything goes, you guys need to start following us on Instagram because what the hell? Oh, and we have to shout out our, um, our, what one follower that favorited our podcast. Oh, oh my God. Yes. What is his name? (laughs) Oh, my God. We have a somebody had favorited somebody us. Somebody favorited us on Anchor. And we don't know who they are, but we're gonna shout them out. His name was Derek something. Yeah, was it? Okay, it was um where is uh distributions? That is not it. Oh my god, I have oh no, it's this one. His name Oh, it's not there anymore. Oh he unfavorited oh! us! <laughs> I rebuke what I just said. What was his name? It was Derek something. Yeah, it was Derek something. But I told Thomas it was probably an accident, and turns out it probably was. <laughs> oh, well, you did tell me it was an accident. Anyway, so I was like, what the freak is this? You guys Next. need to, like, follow us on our platforms. We've got Facebook up, and we have our Instagram up. So I know you see me following you. You better follow back. Zillennial yeah, I, I forgot what it was called. <laughs> but it was basically zillennialtheory at gmail.com. Z-I-L-L-E-N-I-A-L for all of them. Yeah. And um, at gmail.com. And then you have Zillennial Theorist at Facebook. And then, of, of course, at Zillennial Theory on Instagram. Those so be happening. sure to follow us, guys. Sorry we didn't do a mindful moment. We really want to get that together. I don't like know if we should, lives. like, play music or, like, something really subtle, like, during the one minute. But... I had not thought that far, and it's I had planned amazing. everything else out about this episode except that. So, so sorry. But um, you guys are very important to us, and thank you so much for listening. And um, we still haven't thought of a sign-off yet. Yeah. So I'm just going to say. There was a body. Oh, body. <laughs> there was a body found at OU. Oh, that I yeah, forgot there was to a mention. Body. Y'all, they found a whole body at the school. I forgot where it was. It was some of the. Ooh. Don't laugh about it. I, condolences to the family. And, they, they, I don't think they've identified the student. Oh, that's just uh, awful. But it is awful. you know, Thomas A with his murder mystery. Yo, ass, I swear, I said that. I said that to my that. friend because we were t- texting because she was texting me something about um, Kanika Jenkins. Do you remember that story? The girl who died in the fridge oh, freezer yeah. like a couple years yeah. ago. There's, there's, there's more theories that came up about Ooh. her death. Ooh, right? Okay, but uh, uh yeah, <laughs> just wanted to let y'all know that. Murders all around. Stay safe. Yeah. But. <laughs> <laughs> and that's death. our sign off. That's <laughs> Stay yeah. safe. It gets real out here in these streets. LOL, yeah. Um, 
But uh, thanks again for listening. Uh, we love you all and hope you guys have a great week. And tune in. Okay, thanks. Bye. Again.